This is the Daily Detail, powered by 1819 News. Honest News. Alabama. Alabama. Our great state. The voice of Alabama values. Alabama. Unbelievable people. And now, here is Andrea Tice. Just this past Wednesday, U.S. Senator Tommy Tuberville held a meeting in his D.C. Senate office with the founders of Mountain Gateway. John Britton Hancock and his wife Audrey head up that missionary organization, which works in Latin American countries. In the country of Nicaragua, Mountain Gateway recently saw 11 of the pastors that work with them in that country be arrested with no legitimate charging documents or any further communication of those pastors' conditions. There was the wife of one of the pastors arrested, who is a young mother of toddler children. Tuberville and other Republican congressional delegates from Alabama and beyond have signed a letter sent to the Nicaraguan government demanding the release of these missionaries. The letter asserts that religious freedom is a fundamental human right. The Nicaraguan government is currently seeking to arrest both Hancocks if they ever return to the country. Hancock says on top of arresting the pastors and staff, many of the Mountain Gateway assets have also been confiscated by the Nicaraguan government. There is now some legislation in the works that will be filed within the Alabama legislative session just days after a decision comes from the state Supreme Court regarding frozen embryos that are created by in vitro fertilization. The state Supreme Court ruled that those embryos should be viewed and considered to be unborn children and as such receive the same protections of the unborn as is provided in the Alabama Constitution. The president of the Alabama Pro-Life Coalition, Eric Johnston, is now telling 1890 News that a bill or constitutional amendment is going to be filed within the state legislature. In response to this ruling, Johnston says there has to be legislation in order to keep IVF clinics operating and not in danger of being sued, but also observing the pro-life aspects of this ruling. Johnson says the court ruling is creating a dilemma that needs to be solved, and he says the pro-life community is ready to work with the Medical Association of the state of Alabama in order to do so. The Choose Act that has been offered by Governor Ivey has taken a step forward. The Alabama House Ways and Means Education Committee passed the bill, which includes education savings accounts for students. The bill allows for the Department of Revenue to manage these ESAs once they are established for a student. For the first three years of the school choice program being implemented, families with income no more than 300% of the federal poverty level will be eligible to create an ESA. After the third year, there will be no limits to those who want to apply and use an ESA for their student. The Choose Act will start out with a $100 million cap in spending for funding these ESAs. That cap will be reconsidered if at least 90% of the funds are utilized out of this program. The whole Choose Act bill will now go to the full House for a vote sometime next week. The Alabama Media Group has named a vice president of content and editor-in-chief who has a very interesting past in another state. Hollis Towns was chosen to fill in the position that was left vacant last summer when Kellyanne Scott headed to Texas to work for the Houston Chronicle. Towns is coming from Gannett Media, and during his time at the Rochester Business Journal in New York State, Towns was named in a discrimination lawsuit by the former sports editor, Stephen Bradley. In that lawsuit, Bradley alleges that Towns placed a ban on hiring straight white males. Towns was apparently tasked as an employee at Gannett to oversee the recruitment of talent and retention, and that is when the hiring policy of no straight white males was voiced. Now, keep in mind, the Alabama Media Group is a direct competitor to 1819 News. Former Montgomery police officer Aaron Cody Smith is now free from prison. Smith was released on Thursday morning after a year and a half behind bars and an eight-year-long legal battle regarding the shooting death of Greg Gunn. The release of Smith comes just weeks after Alabama Attorney General Steve Marshall took over the case from the Montgomery County District Attorney Daryl Bailey. 
Marshall and Smith reached a plea deal of manslaughter and time served. Smith was appealing his conviction under Rule 32 when the plea deal was reached. Rule 32 allows a person to challenge their conviction in the same court where they were convicted. Well, this weekend is a chance for Alabamians to prepare for any severe weather by purchasing severe weather items without paying a state sales tax. The Severe Weather Preparedness Sales Tax Holiday begins Friday morning and ends Sunday night. Items such as batteries, radios, tarps, plywood, food storage items, and more are going to be exempted from the state sales tax so that Alabamians can stock up. For more in-depth stories affecting the state of Alabama, go to 1819news.com. In national news, well, a deadline has come and gone, and the U.S. Justice Department is apparently disinclined to follow it. The DOJ has failed to hand over the transcript and recordings belonging to special counsel Robert Hur that involves an investigation into Joe Biden and his handling of classified documents which he possessed ever since he was a senator and vice president. The House Oversight Committee sent a request for all of that material. Keep in mind that Joe Biden can declassify all of this material at this point if he so desired, especially in light of the fact that her cited Biden's cognitive decline and memory loss in that report. And immediately after that came to light, Joe Biden pushed back on her's report, saying that the statements were politically motivated and inaccurate. And the White House has released a statement that the FBI and Department of Homeland Security is now looking into Thursday's outage of cell phone services for AT&T, Verizon, T-Mobile, and other cell phone service providers. At the end of Thursday, the network had been almost fully restored for at least AT&T. For a time there in the morning, calls and texts were not moving through the network. So far, there's no indication that the outage was the result of a cybersecurity attack. Well, the Supreme Court for the state of New York has ruled that allowing illegal aliens to vote in municipal elections is unconstitutional. The court overturned a New York City law that was seeking to allow 800,000 residents who are not U.S. citizens to vote in local races. The 43-page document declares such a municipal law null and void since it violates the state's constitution. The decision from the state Supreme Court was a three-to-one vote. The invasion of the U.S. at the southern border continues, just not so much in the state of Texas, where leadership there has taken action in enforcing federal law and protecting the borders, whereas the Biden administration is ignoring federal law. But another front is being attacked by this onslaught of illegal crossings, and that's the northern border along Canada. A report from a bilingual news organization, ADN America, is now reporting that illegal crossings along the Canadian border have seen a 240 percent spike in 2023 compared to that of 2022. That means 12,000 migrants have been halted by authorities last year alone. The border between the U.S. and Canada is 5,000 miles long. It's significantly larger than the border between the U.S. and Mexico. The majority of crossings, however, occurred at the border checkpoints between New York, Vermont, and New Hampshire. CBS Media, which is owned by BlackRock, had some massive layoffs announced last week of their employees, including a notable investigative journalist, Catherine Herridge. Herridge has spent years covering national security, military, and terrorism stories for Fox and CBS. Now it's being reported that CBS has seized all of the files, documents, and computers that Herridge was using to acquire her sizable number of information and anonymous sources. The broadcasting union for journalist SAG-AFTRA is expressing alarm at this latest move by CBS, saying it's an attack on free press to jeopardize and expose privileged sources. The union leadership is considering all of its options in responding to this move from CBS. 
Law professor Jonathan Turley has written an article for the Hill publication, and Turley says that a CBS employee reached out to him to say they've never seen the company take such actions against a departing journalist. Usually that journalist is allowed to remove their files and office contents. So far, Harridge has not made any public comments about this latest development. A federal judge in Orange County, California, makes a controversial ruling regarding two men who are part of a white supremacist group. Robert Rundo and Robert Bowman have been inciting violence at political rallies throughout that entire state. However, the judge, Cormac Carney, has dismissed both of the cases against the two men, saying the charges are politically motivated. Judge Carney said that as long as far-left extremist groups like Antifa continue to act without any consequences to their violence, while far-right groups instead are targeted and prosecuted, then he's not going to continue with the case. Carney says to continue with this biased prosecution will only lead to the conclusion that the government is selectively prosecuting those whose speech or political views they find repugnant while ignoring this very same violence coming from other, more acceptable political groups. Rundo was recently extradited from Romania in order to face these charges before the judge, so the government is now requesting relief to not release Rundo, calling him a flight risk. However, the judge determined to release Rundo yesterday, so it's not clear what next steps will be taken when it comes to that issue. And in other legal matters over in the state of Georgia, Just the News has filed a complaint in Fulton County requesting that the Fulton County District Attorney comply with an open records request regarding communications that were held between D.A. Fannie Willis and the Biden White House staff. Just the News is being represented by America First Legal Foundation. AFL says that determining whether or not Willis had contact with the Biden White House before her prosecution of Donald Trump is a matter of public interest since such prosecutions should be free from political influence. The request for these communications were first filed in January after a hearing before Judge Scott McAfee revealed that the DA's office had two written letters from the White House that came after the case against Trump was underway. However, in February, the DA's office denied the existence of these letters that were mentioned in court when just the news requested them. And as we head into the weekend, I will leave you with a speech that was delivered in Tennessee at the National Religious Broadcasters Conference. That speech was delivered by the president of the Heritage Foundation, Kevin Roberts. So what is the real reason the establishment and the left oppose President Trump so ferociously? We know that they don't actually fear Trump is a danger to the country. After all, despite their wealth and privilege, the liberal establishment proudly condemns the United States as a backward, bigoted, vicious nation and a malevolent force in the world. From the 1619 Project to big tech censorship to open borders to their assault on religious freedom, they want to fundamentally transform America because they don't like this country. No. The establishment does not hate Donald Trump because he's a threat to America. Let's be really blunt. They hate him because he's a threat to them. You're listening to The Daily Detail from 1819 News. If you are enjoying The Daily Detail and want to make sure the reports come up easily on your electronic device, then be sure to hit the subscribe or follow button on the main page of The Daily Detail on whatever podcasting app you've been using to listen. That could be Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Podbeam, or some other podcasting apps. You can also get the word out about The Daily Detail by sending a link to a friend or dropping me a five-star rating. I surely do appreciate it. 
I'm Andrea Tice. I will be back again on Monday. Until then, have a wonderful weekend. Alabama. Alabama. Our great state. Alabama. Of Alabama. This has been The Daily Detail. For more up-to-date news, go to 1819news.com, where you'll find honest news and Alabama values. 